0: Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Hey guys, so great to have you joining us today. My name is Jeremy, one of the pastors here. And If this is your first time here, I just wanna say welcome. So glad that you're tuning in with us today. I wanna encourage you to join with us in the chat. Great way to participate in our online community. So if there's something that really strikes a chord or a point you like, write that in there. And again, so awesome to have you joining us today. Well, today is week one of a new series titled Mind Reset, where we are going to take some time to reset our minds based upon the word of God. I'm a firm believer that when we change the way we think, we change the way we live. You know, it was about four or five months ago, my wife and I ended up getting a brand new puppy, uh, another golden doodle. We already have Norman. Here's a little picture of Maggie when she was younger, uh, sweet as can be. And there's this mindset among so many people that for a dog, all you need is like a bowl of food and some water and like, you're good to go. And yet it is so much more than that. Like puppies uh, are just so much work that it, it really is all consuming. I mean, you get this puppy, you need to have a crate, and you realize that they eat so much food, they're growing rapidly, they need to go outside to go to the bathroom all the time, they're kind of like a child where they wake up at night multiple times and need to be let outside, and if that's not enough, for us, Maggie ended up eating some poisonous berries from a tree in our backyard. So we ended up taking her to the vet uh, when she was younger. Uh, $800 later, she came home. She was fine, but I had to go outside. I had to trim seven trees from our backyard, tear them all down. I mean, it was just a mess, a bunch of time. Oh, and did I say that she's chewing up furniture, chewing up shoes? She is the largest sock thief that I've ever seen. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. It's all encompassing to to have a puppy. And and I say that because I think for a lot of Christians, there's this mindset that says, hey, as, as long as I have a Bible and I go to church from time to time, like that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And yet the reality is it is so much more than that. It is all encompassing. And today what we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on thinking differently About following Jesus Christ because I think in our culture we've we've watered down we've made it so casual and convenient uh, to what it means to follow Jesus Christ I want us to go back to the scriptures today and see what Jesus says and expects from his word of what it means to be a disciple which is another word for following Jesus so if you have your Bibles meet me in Matthew 28 Matthew 28 Starting in verse 18 is where we're gonna be. This is the Great Commission. This is the mission statement for our church. We've simplified it to read, reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. We're all about evangelism, all about discipleship, all about being authentic followers of Jesus. That's a disciple. And this is what Jesus says in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18 It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. I thank you so much for my friends that are joining us online. God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts in a, in a personal way, that you would encourage and challenge all of us to ultimately be more like Jesus. God, I pray for your help. I pray that you would take over my mind, my heart, my mouth, and speak with great clarity and passion through me today. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today we're, we're thinking differently about following Jesus. And we're asking that God would give us this, this different mindset where uh, as it comes to having a puppy dog, it's so much more than water and a bowl of food. To, to being a follower of Jesus Christ is so much more than owning a Bible and going to church from time to time. Um, and we're going to look at what Jesus calls all of us to do and, and one of the key phrases that I want you to have today is growing because the reality is that a follower of Jesus Christ is not somebody that's ever arrived the, till the day we die we are continuing to grow to be more and more like Jesus and so we're going to break down this this great commission one of my favorite passages and I want us to see four realities today four realities of what it means to be a disciple. We're asking this question, what is a disciple or, or what is a follower? So we can leave today with a brand new mindset. We need to have a, a mind reset today. What is a disciple? Number one, it's growing in our likeness of Jesus. Growing in our likeness of Jesus. You know, when I was in junior high and high school, there was a basketball player that, that a lot of people tried to be like. Uh, you may have heard his name. His name uh, is Michael Jordan. And, and all the kids wanted to be like Michael Jordan that wore the shoes and they would try to do his moves. In fact, there was a Gatorade commercial that, that came out that said, uh, like Mike, if I could be like Mike. You heard it? Kind of, you know, all these kids were playing basketball, sticking their tongue out, like in weird like, uh, 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 like oh, it, it was weird. Why did they do that? Because Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan would drive and he'd do all this weird stuff with his tongue. And it was somebody that that so many young people just worshipped. Here's the reality. The person that you worship is the person you want to be like. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we worship him. And because we worship him, our ultimate goal should be to to be like him. And this is what Jesus says. He says, go, go into all the earth and make disciples of all nations. I love that Jesus is telling us to do what he had done the previous three years. He had been making disciples and he's saying, I want you to be like me. Then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why we baptize uh, is to identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's, it's awesome, it's because we wanna identify with Jesus. We wanna be like Jesus. In fact, last weekend, Easter weekend, many of you know we had 64 people that got baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ because ultimately we wanna grow in our likeness of him. Now the reality is, is, is this isn't easy. It's, it's costly. In fact, when Jesus called his disciples, some of them were fishermen. And when Jesus called them, they, they left and dropped their nets to follow Jesus. In other words, they, they left what they knew. They left their source of security. They were leaving their past to follow Jesus to a brand new future. I think of Matthew, who was a tax collector. What did he do? He, he left the tax booth. To follow Jesus. And I think all of us need to ask ourselves the question today hey, what is Jesus asking me to leave behind so that I can fully follow Him and ultimately be like Him? What are we holding on to that we need to let go of? Is it something that allows us to feel safe? Is it something that allows us to feel secure? Is it something that we've known our entire life? I don't know what that is, but we see the call of the disciples. Hey, I want you to follow. And because of that, we need to let go. I love what David Platt said. David Platt's a pastor and he put it this way. He said, the road that leads to heaven is risky, lonely, and costly in this world. And few are willing to pay the price. Following Jesus involves losing your life and finding a new life in him. It's costly. It's not comfortable. It's not casual. When I was uh, in elementary school, probably fifth, sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, one of the things we did as a family is we went camping. And I was so excited. And we got up there late and put up the tent. And it was great. It's time to go to bed. There was five of us, my two brothers, myself and my parents. And uh, realized that my parents had, had bought a, a three person tent for five, five of us. Yeah. So I was sleeping on one corner. My brother was sleeping on another corner. My, my younger brother was at the bottom. So we all put our f- feet like in his face. It, it, it was horrible. We were all like, you know, crunched together. My dad of course was sprawled out sleeping like a grizzly bear. So it was real comfortable for him, but it was not comfortable in any way. It was not convenient in any way. And we got up and how did we cook? We, we had to start a fire. And so we had to start a fire to heat up the coffee and, you know, make the, the eggs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when we wanted to uh, get cleaned up, we didn't have a shower or anything like that. We had to just go jump in, in a lake or something like that. And there were restrooms that you had to walk to, but it, but it was roughing it. It was, it was real camping. And I say that because nowadays you've got so many people that are involved in glamping no no'm I'm, I'm not down on glamping I like glamping it's it's glamorous camping, but let's call it what it is, right It is not camping. In fact, I looked up what what glamping was and and a, a website said it's a way to experience the untamed and completely unique parts of the world without having to sacrifice comforts that's that's glamping so if you want to be in the middle of Yosemite and watch your favorite basketball show or take a shower or sleep in a cozy bed. You do all of that right there, but it's not real camping. It's glamping. It's comfortable. It's casual. And I say that because, sadly enough, I believe that's the life of so many Christians, is that we have this this false understanding of what it really means to follow Jesus Christ. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. There's going to involve sacrifice at times. It's, not, it's going to be costly at times. And yet so many of us have bought into this watered down, diluted version of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. In fact, there are millions of people today that that would identify themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. And yet when you look at their life and the way they live, they look nothing like Jesus. And so we need to to have a mind reset of what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, look at the teachings of Jesus. Jesus' teachings were so radical they weren't just these simple things. He says, I want you to love, and I want you to love in such a way that's so deep. In fact, I want you to, to pray for um, those that persecute you. I want you to love your enemy. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Like radical teaching, radical living, radical love. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, I believe that we need to love radically and live radically. It means we are forgiving the way that Jesus forgave us that we are demonstrating compassion and mercy the way that Jesus does that for us. That means that we are going to the people that are often overlooked and undervalued. Why? Because that's the way that Jesus lived. He lived radically and he loved radically. And that's what it means for us to grow in the likeness of Jesus. But it is not easy. It will cost us. And I, I think sometimes people say, I just, I just want to... Follow Jesus and live my same life. No, it doesn't work that way. Everything changes. See, when we got our puppy dog, Maggie, to go back to that story, everything changed. Like our time changed, our energy changed. We had to rearrange our house. We had to rearrange outside. Everything changed when somebody became a part of our family. When Jesus becomes a part of your family, everything changes. But to be a disciple, the first thing we need to understand is that we are growing in the likeness of Jesus. Second of all, we are growing in our obedience to Jesus. Growing in our obedience to Jesus. Jesus put it this way. He says, teaching them to obey everything. Everything. Now, now, now here's why this is so difficult. Our culture has the complete opposite message. What does culture say? Culture says, hey, whatever you want, do that. However you feel, how, whatever you wanna to do to satisfy yourself, life is all about you, not as a Christian. Like as a Christian, our life is all about Jesus Christ. It's not about what I want, what I think, how I feel. Why? Because I've given my life to Jesus Christ. And to follow Jesus Christ is not just about being like him, but it's obeying him in every area. You know, one of the, the places I love to eat dinner at is like buffet meals. Like you go to those buffet meals and you get to pick and choose what kind of food you like. And you can pass on the food that you don't like and stock up on the food that you do like. And then you go to the dessert bar and that's a whole nother ball game, Right. And you just pound on the food that you like and you avoid the food you don't. Sadly enough, so many Christians treat God's word and treat Jesus that way. Those areas of obedience that are easy, that, that we like, we'll participate in those. But those ones that are going to cost us, those ones that, where we have to be sacrificial, those ones that are uncomfortable, those ones that are going to cause life change, uh, we, we don't want to sacrifice that. And yet Jesus is telling us, hey, teaching them to obey, not some things, not most things, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And I believe that there's, there's a couple areas that, that are really hard for the Christian. And that's the area of, of money and the area of our sexuality. Because both of those areas, think about it for a moment, involve pleasure. We want that pleasure, we want that satisfaction, that feel good right away. And so to do that, it's gonna cost money. And lots of us have have bought into this this lie that hey, I'm gonna do whatever I want with my body outside of marriage so that I can be satisfied And yet what we fail to understand that the greatest satisfaction, the greatest joy that we can have in this life is walking in obedience to God. Why? Because God is for us, not against us. God's commandments are not burdensome. They're so that we will have the fullness of joy, fullness of life, fullness of understanding of who God is. And so what would it look like for you today to take a radical step of of obedience? in one of those two areas what would it look like for you to put god first in your finances for you to say you know what god for for the first time i i, I want to make sure that 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 i'm trusting you that i'm honoring you that i'm communicating i love you and i'm going to give consistently on a regular basis to put you first in my life because right now if i'm being honest you're getting the leftovers what would it look like for you to put god first in your sexuality Say, God, I'm, I'm going to deal with a pornography issue. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop having sex before marriage. God, I'm going to stop cheating on my spouse. God, I'm going to fill in the blank, whatever it is. What would it look like for you to take a radical step of obedience in one of those two areas, or maybe a different one where, where God's calling you to live radically? Why? Because he wants us to. That's what it means to follow Christ. Now, this is impossible for us to do in and of ourselves. That's why God gives us his Holy Spirit. In fact, Ezekiel 36 tells us that God's going to give us his Holy Spirit and help us to walk in his ways. You know, if you have a vehicle on the side of the road, you can push it into neutral and you can start pushing it and you can do all the work and it's not going to get very far. Or you can turn on the key, start the engine, sit in the car, and let the engine do all the work. The Holy Spirit is the engine for our obedience. It's just a matter of us submitting and surrendering to the will of Jesus Christ. So we have to have this new mindset. We have to think differently about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It's not this casual, convenient, hey, I'm gonna do it when I want, when I feel. No, it it is living a life where we are growing in our likeness of Jesus, where we are growing in our obedience to Jesus. Thirdly, if you're taking notes, somebody write in the chat for me where we are growing in our love for Jesus. Growing in our love for Jesus. Now, now why is this so important? Uh, love isn't in the text, but it's implied. Jesus said teaching them to obey. Why do we obey? Because of love. See, our, our primary motivation for obeying Jesus and doing what he says is, is love. That's why Jesus said four different times in John chapter 14, if you love me, you're going to obey what I command. He says that in different ways four different times. In other words, the byproduct of us growing in our love for Jesus is obedience. Obedience. You know, there's there's five different uh, love languages according to, to Gary Chapman in in a marriage in a relationship, and one is uh, quality time, one is acts of service, uh, one is gifts, uh, one is words of affirmation, and then physical touch, right? Um, and so my wife, her 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 love language is not only quality time, but it's acts of service. And so one of the favorite things that she loves for me to show her love is, man, if I get the vacuum cleaner out and I start vacuuming, like. She just loves that. If I do the dishes, she loves that. If she sees me folding laundry, she knows that's my way of communicating that I love her because that's her love language. I believe Jesus has one simple love language. It's obedience. That our, our way of showing God how much we love him is through the way that we obey. It's a byproduct of our love. Now now again, we see this. This is so important that we surround ourselves with other people that are passionate about following Jesus Christ, that are passionate about loving Jesus. And we see this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, the church is started. There are so many believers that are in love with Jesus, passionate about Jesus. And I realize and I know for myself, and I'm sure it's the same with you, that when you surround yourself with like-minded people that are all about loving Jesus, then you're going to be about obeying Jesus. When you obey Jesus, you're going to be like Jesus. Why? Jesus was obedient. He he did everything the Father wanted him to do. And so we see in Acts chapter 2, there's a group of Christians that were all about Jesus. And here's what happened here's what happened. Their lives were marked by a number of things. Number one, the first thing that we need to do that they were doing is they were living in community. Somebody write this down for me. Living in community. Acts chapter 2 verse 44. This is what it says. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together. Verse 46 and says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were, they were in love with Jesus. And part of that is surrounding yourself with people that, that love Jesus as well. So be in a life group, be in community where other people are helping you in your growth of loving Jesus more and more. Again, if you love him more, you're going to obey him more. When you obey him more, you're going to be like him. Second of all, what was happening is these people were giving generously. So we're giving generously as well. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings. See, here's a group of people where what ultimately mattered was people. It wasn't about their stuff. It wasn't about their land for for us. It's not about our house. It's not about our cars. It's not about our boats. It's not about our vacation homes. It's not about our whatever. You could fill in the blank. it's, It's about people. I just want to say thank you so much for being such a generous church. You know, it's amazing. When we are generous, we're like God. God was so generous that he gave his only son. But for us to be growing in our love, we are living in community. We are giving generously. Thirdly, we're participating in serving. It says that they were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I love that. They they were distributing. They were actively involved in serving. And that's what makes this church so great. So many of you are actively involved in serving. If you're not yet, I wanna encourage you. Get in the game. Jump in and serve. In fact, you can text this number right here, all right? Uh, and, And we will help you serve. I'm going to show you something real quick because the number is going to move, all right? Now it's going to be over here. Just text that number and you can jump in and serve somewhere in our church. Watch. Now it's over here. Just, just track with me, but jump in and serve. Just say, I want to serve. We'll get you plugged into our First Impressions team, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our, our nursery ministry, our tech ministry, our parking lot ministry. Don't ever think that you're not needed or wanted here at Shelter Cove. We've got a place just for you, but surround yourself with other people that are Passionate about loving Jesus. How does this take place? We're in community. We're giving generously. We're participating and serving. And then we're sharing our faith. We're sharing our faith. The last part of this passage says, Praising God and having the favor with all the people. And the Lord added their number day by day, those who are being saved. See, when you love Jesus that much, you can't help but talk about him can't help but talk about the grace that he's given in your life, that he's forgiven you from your sin, that hey, you've got this brand new life in Jesus Christ, that you, though you're not perfect, you're making progress, that, they, that you're not the same person you were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, that God is changing you from the inside. Out. You can't help but share your faith because you want other people to experience the same thing you are. Why? Because you're growing. You're growing in your likeness of Jesus. You're growing in your obedience to Jesus. You're growing in your love for Jesus. But here's here's the last one, which is really foundational. It's, It's growing in our knowledge of Jesus. It's growing in our knowledge of Jesus. And here's why this is so important. It's impossible to love, to obey, and to be like somebody you don't know it's impossible. The, the reason why we read God's word is so that we will know him. And once we know him, then we can love him. And we're simply responding to the love that Christ has for every single one of us. And as we get to know him more, we're knowing how to obey him. And as we're reading him more, we're, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. I think it's very interesting that the Bible doesn't talk about like Jesus's outward appearance. We, we know next to nothing of what Jesus looked like, how tall he was, how muscular he was. But we know so much about his heart, his love, and the way that he lived his life. See, here's my concern for, for so many people, especially those that have been Christians for, for quite some time, is that we would read the word of God in such a way, which, which is great, but where it just stops here. And where we have an intellectual faith. Where it hasn't dropped down to our hearts. See, there's so many people that that know the word of God, but they're not making disciples. They're not sharing their faith. They're not serving. They're not giving generously. They're not uh, in community. They're not doing so many things that demonstrate a true love for Jesus Christ. And, And really, that was the Pharisees, the most religious people. In the the New Testament, they often had the Old Testament memorized, and yet they didn't have a love for Jesus. Their their life was all about a religion. It was all about looking good in front of other people, praying so that they could be heard, giving so they could be seen. And that's, that's not what the Christian life is about. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's not just an intellectual faith. It's a faith that's, that's impacted our hearts and it's changed our lives. See, we need a mind reset of what it means and what it looks like to really follow Jesus Christ. It's not just this casual thing we do, it's not this convenient thing that we're a part of. So much more than having a dog and a little bit of water and a bowl of some food. No, it's costly. It is costly. And to truly be a disciple, to truly follow Jesus, it means that every single day we are growing. We're not talking about perfection, we're talking about progress. When we fall and when we fail, which we will, we fall into God's grace, we fall into His forgiveness, and we keep moving forward. But at the end of the day, because we've given our life to Jesus Christ, a disciple is growing. Growing in our likeness of Jesus. Growing in our obedience to Jesus. Growing in our love for Jesus. And growing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, my prayer for every single one of us is that we would truly understand what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. And for so many of us today, we we need a mind reset of what that means and what that looks like. It's not easy. It's not simple. It is very costly. And yet we get to live for the one who gave his life for us. So my question I want to leave you with today is is the question I asked earlier in the message is what's that radical step of obedience that God's calling you to take today? why is it what's he doing in your heart what's he trying to say what do you need to let go of what do you need to pursue to be somebody that loves jesus so much that you want to obey him and ultimately be like him heavenly father god we love you so much and god it is a joy and a privilege to turn back to your word And see what your scripture has for all of us when it comes to getting this new mindset of what a follower of Jesus Christ looks like. And so God, would you help us today to to take some kind of a radical step of obedience. Not because we have to, but because we want to, because we love you. Because we truly want to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today, you guys. So glad that you're here. Let's continue to worship Jesus together.